Hey everybody, we have a guest host with me this week, the great Blake Wexler, and I know what you're thinking, hey, there was no episode last week and now no Chad this week, so I am furious. Uh, well, we're doing the best we can. Chatty had a bunch of stuff going on, uh, it's been a crazy holiday season, and you guys are getting Blake Wexler, who we both love, he's got a brand new special out um, called Daddy Long Legs. Uh, it was really fun for us to have him on. Everything will be back to normal next week and we'll be cruising. So enjoy the special episode, everybody. Uh, I think you're going to like it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, you have landed in the middle of somewhere and you are not listening to Chad's voice. I'm sure a lot of you turned it off during the pre-show announcement about his absence this week. <laughs> you have no idea what you're missing, people. Let me tell you, you, you are missing the post-Christmas ramblings of a maniac. So that's on you, brother. That's on you and your Chad is better than Cy attitude. Now, is that true? Yeah, probably. But you're missing out on some unraveling. Uh, joining me in in Chad's place across from me is friend of the program, uh, friend in real life, ladies and gentlemen, Blake Wexler. This is Blake Wexler. And uh, it's just dawning on me how unhealthy you and Chad's dynamic is. And it's been me so stressed out actually just stepping into uh, this dynamic. But all joking aside, I love you guys. I love you, Daddy. I'm so psyched to do the podcast. Big fan. It's I, I don't know that it's I think it's immensely healthy. OK, I think I think okay. we're too stressed out boys mm -hmm. who have a lot on our plates and uh both love each other and know the things about one another that we hate about ourselves and what's not good about that why wouldn't you want to share your life with a person like that so i don't know how okay. you pick your fucking important relationships mm -hmm. blake but why don't you stay out of chad and i's business you keep your you keep your fucking nose out of my relationships <laughs> I'm sorry for sticking my nose in, but as the poster child for the stress boy movement, I know a stress boy when I see a stress boy, and this room is, is filled with them right now. I Here's the thing. Yes. Christmas, Christmas hath come and gone. Mm -hmm. uh, we, it is not, I don't, I don't normally stress that time of year, <laughs> right. but I, I do, because th I love it. I, I love it. I, I. I'm all in on the Santa. I'm mm -hmm. all in on the fun. But I also 
uh, don't do a good job of living up to other people's expectations during the holiday season. Okay. And uh, and I'm not saying that I go, hey, man, it's the holidays. Just have an... I'm not saying that my reaction to when people come at me for failing isn't complete bullshit. But let me give you an example. We've recently told the humans that listen to this show that I have a son. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And... So the, you know, your first holidays with the baby, there's a lot of people are pretty jacked about that. And on the, the hierarchy, the power rankings of stuff that people think are important there, like where would you put family's first ever Christmas card? Mm-hmm. Uh, right below NFL football and whatever's happening um, in the, in the far East. No, um, where I would. Probably pretty high, higher than you normally would for the kid's first birthday, right? And it's not even about our family. I think it's that other people were like, hey, man, yeah, where the fuck's your Christmas card? <laughs> right. You've been telling us about this fucking baby for months. Where's your Christmas card? And so a lot of those people listen to this show. And mm-hmm. I'd just like to tell you, here's what happened. I was in charge of the Christmas card. It's one of the few things I've been in charge of since the baby was born. And I procrastinated to the point where it was made very clear to me that if you do not do the Christmas card tonight, we cannot get it out in time for people to receive it. And I promptly took all that information and spent the night making a video, a montage video of my baby set to the theme song of my favorite TV show, Psych. So... (laughs) None of you got Christmas cards, but on my phone, I have an opening credits to the show Psych starring a baby that I have and none of the characters in the show Psych. And I uh, I understand why that was not the right choice in the eyes of a lot of people who were counting on me. Yeah, I would say unless you're sending that Christmas card to yourself, that's really for no one. It's the most specific uh, no, idea. No, here's what I will say. Yeah, you okay. came oh. in here. Sh- oh, you oh, came oh, in. Oh, you oh, came oh, in oh, here. Oh, no, you came oh, in oh, here oh, shit talking Chad and I's relationship. I never said you that. You know who? I'm trying you know to help. Who, you know who loved the psych video? Huh. Sweet Daddy Chatty. I basically made a video for me and four other people. Yeah. And uh, it was received really, really well. I've had a lot of people go, well, just send out a holidays card around the New Year's. And I'm not, I don't want to be one of these, oh, here's my, we fucked up, but we, now it just says holidays card. I'm not sending one of those. No, and you put as much, if not more work into this montage video, except rather than spreading it out over weeks, you just didn't go to sleep one night around the holidays and edited together a a Michael Mann level trailer for your child, which I can't wait to see it myself. You're never going to see it. No, you're never going to see it. It's a small audience. Not with the way Mm. the show started. The, uh, (laughs) I will, I edited it all. I didn't even do it on a computer. I did it all on my cell phone. Yeah. On one of these programs that comics use to cut up videos. Cap cut. Uh, yeah, I yeah. used a cap cut style program. So yeah, I cut together a minute long uh, montage video purely so many shots. There are so many different I've got a I've got a slow-mo of him running on the counter. Aww. I've got a lot of giggling, a lot of popping in and out of frames. I got a lot of him like peeking around a corner somebody's holding, so he's peeking around the corner. So yeah, it was a big Big moment. Let me ask you a question because and you can go right ahead. Go ahead. Ask me a question. What do you thank have? you? Yeah. No, no. If it's oh, okay, I'd like right to ask ahead. you a question. Please go ahead. Is it okay if I ask you a question? I would prefer if you'd ask me a question. I would love to ask you a question. So I'm going to ask you a question. Access if that's granted. Fine with you. 
Ask me the question. Thank you. And I, I appreciate your consent. Thank you. So, uh, <laughs> you had, speaking of Christmas cards yeah. and things that you would put on, on the Wexler, the back, did your family write the letter on the back? That's like Blake got arrested, uh, at a temple game this year. Did they do that? <laughs> Blake notched his fourth DUI this month. No. Um, I was actually going to, uh, no bit ask you the same exact question. And, uh, I have mixed feel. Well, no, my feelings aren't mixed. I don't like those because I think it infers. Well, if we're close enough, you know, right? Like if you're writing the letter, mm-hmm. and and by the way, just to finish your statement, there are people, if you're not aware, who put a full recap of the whole family's life from the past year. That's my family. That's what my family does. Well, that sounds great, <laughs> but I. Think it's don't back down I what are you being fun. such a little bitch a about oh what are you because you're so you... fragile Sai. it's because you're fragile <laughs> i don't want to rattle your cage you're gonna start squealing that's why i, I... rattle my cage okay. rattle me up yeah. here's i'll tell you okay. what's wrong with our dynamic yeah. no, no, i can't be ahead. a part of this show i can't be hmm. a part of this show without somebody coming at me yeah. all the time well, no one's that's coming what... at you. no one's ever come at you you're imagining it you live in a world where things are coming down a slide. You live in a bowling alley in your head, where and you are a pin, and the bowling balls. Don't are, you dare! You are don't a you little dare pin. gaslight me! No, and don't no one, you dare gaslight me! You'll never me. get a strike. Listen, so I wrote. I did write the letter. I did write the. This is what Cy did, oh. and this is what Jenna did. And I even wrote what the dog did. Now it wasn't a a very nice reflection of the dog's ear because all he did <laughs> was piss on a carpet that I have to replace uh-huh. and bark at somebody if they were within half a mile of our house. That was his job all year. Yeah. Uh, but we do. I, I don't agree with you. I think the letters are great. But I do think social media has uh, removed need for them. I no longer think mm-hmm. it's weird. Now, I think back in the 80s when you're like, you're never going to believe this. Jeff got into water skiing this year. But now we're like, we fuck. No, we follow yeah. him. On TikTok, it's a lot of water ski content. It's exclusively this man, not not snow skis, not cross country. Water is what Jeff's on. Which do you think is a is there a class difference between the skis? As is oh, yeah. I've never thought about this before because I grew up water ski people and we we ain't never snow ski. Uh-huh, we did that brother. pretty rare and far in between, brother. Well, that's right. So do you is that something that I've just never noticed? Because to me, water skiing always felt like, isn't that cool? But now that I think of it, a lot of water skiing and pop culture is like Alan Jackson slalom skiing and jean shorts. And a lot of snow skiing is very wealthy individuals in nice areas. Am I? Is that an indicator of my white trashedness? Yes. What if I said nothing else? Yes, it is. But I, I think all... Yes, it is. As a friend, I'm telling you this. I think snow skiing is by far the the wealthiest version because you need access to a vehicle. You need the equipment. You need to buy the ski passes. You need to have... And buy, buy, have, like, rent the skis, buy the skis, go to an area that is snow air like a snow area. I think it's interesting. Cross country... And snow areas... Snow areas fly under the radar... Raider? They yeah. fly under the radar. The Raiders. We've got Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Gannon. They fly in. They fly under the radar, 
as yeah. uh, wealthy areas. Because mm-hmm. you think of whenever you think wealthy, you're like, oh, South Beach, uh, places in the Bahamas, like all these beautiful, warm places. Yes. But that's the real rich people. Mm-hmm. The real rich people have nice places in the places that end in Alps. Yes. and stuff like that i i mountain i i here's how you know where a wealthy area is is when hold on yes is there we're, since we're talking about class differences because you oh, just yeah. pointed out mountain is there any geographical entity that represents a lot that has a larger gap of type of people who live on it than mountains because you have yes like hey back we uh, over in the still over here we are burning kenny's piss trying to make a uh, moonshine because we didn't have money for the whatever you make it out of it and then you have people who are in their gondolas you have gondola people i i think because there is another subsect where there's hill people who aren't rich enough to become mountain people but then there's mountain men who are off the grid with pickaxes and don't give a shit. But I think either way, you know an area. Valley, I believe. Okay, so what geographic area has the richest people in it? Because I believe Valley is often the the richest. Like, Isles. Isles or Isles islands. Isles yeah. or islands is a very wealthy mm-hmm. one. I will say uh, that now that you say it, yeah. I think the mountain mm-hmm. might be... The most geographically diverse collection of whites in existence, and I'm not yes. saying there's not non-whites on mountains. I am, but I'm I'm saying you're getting all different sorts of whites because you're right. You have the like, I just killed a possum, and we are about to have possum stew. You get those whites. Yeah. You get the gondola whites. You have the people who. And there's even different subsects of mountain men, right? You have the people who are mm-hmm. like, I just, I wanted to live out here like it's back before technology because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and then you have the government shouldn't exist mountain people. Oh, yeah. Uh, there is a wide array of of mountain whites for sure. And if there's a type of white that we love on this show, and I'm speaking from Chad's point of view, it's a mountain white. Like, we love a mountain white. We don't like a gully white. That is, gully white's something no. too depressing to talk about right now. No, you. I think you can speak. I think you have all the permission to speak for Chad I when agree. you say that when he ranks his whites, mm-hmm. uh, mountain peak whites and other sort of mountain whites are far above bayou whites. Oh, yeah. Gully whites, mm-hmm. pasture um, whites, pasture. Oh, I gotta tell you, <laughs> yeah. on the bottom of the whites are the pasture whites. These seven hundred oh. straight miles of flat ground whites. These I still have missionary sex yes. once a year because I committed to this woman. Forty eight. <laughs> You're like those. Those people are the snooziest whites out there. Those picnic blanket toting sons of bitches just hanging out in a field with a billowy dress. You know, this woman that you can't look in the eyes anymore because you're depressed and you're ruining her life. But it, she's ruining yours. You, you've convinced yourself of that. The milk is fresh, you know, but probably tastes like shit. I Speaking of islands... Because you mentioned that as a rich thing. I have a story for you where it's the opposite 
of that. So I had an opposite experience in an island where you did. Is yeah. this about your? You went on a trip to uh, Cuba this year. I went as an American speaking, citizen. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of white guys, speaking, Blake Wexler mm-hmm. had seen enough of America that he's like, I'm gonna go. I'm feeling like I need to go to Cuba. I f- I thought I could fix things over there. Uh and me and my wife. So not it wasn't just a trip, it was our anniversary. And speaking of leaving things to the last second, you were talking about your Christmas card. I'm like I want to go on a one my it was our 1 year anniversary and I was thinking I want to make it special. And then I did nothing for a year. And I ma- I did nothing to make it special. I gave it no additional thoughts. Right. And where is where's the ideal vacation for you and jenna because my my wife and i julia and i i like history i enjoy you know food and drinking she likes beaches which i'm not a big fan of and like tropical shit and there's a very small slice of that venn diagram where we can find common ground where where are you and jenna on that so i love I love any place. I love sunshine and any place where I can do my island guy voice. And Jenna. Yeah. Do you want to do that voice or do you want to skip it right now? I would love to. No, I don't want to do it. And I will tell you, Jenna, there is nothing. The only thing Jenna hates more than my island guy voice Mm -hmm. is me doing it in a place that it feels more natural. So, yeah. Uh, I am a, I, people on the show know this. I raised, raised as a flat grounded hill person. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Unravel that one. Uh, I, we didn't go to sunny places. Our vacations as for a family, we were like, we're going to drive to Montana. Mm-hmm. Does that sound fun? And so I've never been to the Caribbean because when I, <clears throat> when other people were going on spring break and getting their jobs and taking vacations, I thought, hey, what if I made a, a comical small amount of money? Like, not can't support <laughs> a, anything amount of money, yeah. and also ate up all my weekends and nights doing an art form uh, that I'm now convinced is meaningless. That's a different conversation. I'm with you, but uh, so I, I was like, I'll go on vacations in my 30s, and then my 30s were like, hey, have you heard of autoimmune diseases? So I've never. The Caribbean has become this ultimate destination for me that I am mm-hmm. going to get there. I intend to go there. I will use island guy voice. Yes. Uh, my wife will go with and pretend she loves it. So that I'm going to answer your question with our premier destination is the Caribbean. The Keep Caribbean, going. the Caribbean. And Johnny Depp, nothing negative has come across that guy's PR table. So I don't want to talk about it. I'm not here. I'm not here. Okay. Blake, okay. You, know, it's like, so you always, sh- do, this no, you always pop, do this. You always do this. This is not a pop culture dissection this. show. This isn't fucking TMZ with Blake Wexler. Mm-hmm. I don't need to break down the Amber Heard verdict. Just tell mm-hmm. me your fucking Cuba story. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know who that is. So <laughs> we went to Cuba to support the Cuban people because you can't travel to Cuba for... Uh, tourism reasons for funsies for funsies that's not legal so we didn't go there to do that we went to support the cuban people and 
as a result. Do you hear that on the record? Okay. Blake went to Cuba to support the Cuban people. Okay, Secretary of State Blinken. All right, that's why we're going. So we went, and just little background. Diplomatic Is relations. our Secretary of State named Blinken? It might be. Remember, um, did you like Robin Hood Men in Tights? I feel like you would have loved that movie. Loved Robin Hood Men in Tights. It's one of yep. my favorite. One of the main characters' names was Blinken, and he was That's blind. Right. <laughs> he was blind, <laughs> which is why he was called that. And really funny character. Dave Chappelle was in that movie. I think he was like 16 yep. years old or something. Um, so we went to Cuba, and diplomatic relations are so bad between the United States and Cuba. We couldn't bring credit card. You, your credit cards don't work there because American banks and credit card companies cannot do business there. So we had to bring a backpack filled with cash, with thousands of dollars in cash, because I don't know how you like to travel, but I think like the most stress-free version is with a briefcase uh, handcuffed to your arm, I think is the most <laughs> chill way to go. So we went and... It was great. It was uh, it was also very depressing. It was like uh, they had another side funny note about Cuba is that Fidel Castro was essentially if Trump was president for like 60 years where he was such a cult of personality type of guy where everybody he would do six hour speeches. There's no check. It was it was unreal. And he they had these little monuments built to him where we would get a tour and the person would tell us what the state, what the government would tell him to say. And I'd be like, I don't think that's true. <laughs> Actually, where he goes, this is the boat that we dug out of the ocean that he sailed from Mexico in before he he took over all of Cuba. I'm like, that boat is no more than 11 years old. Like, there's no <laughs> way. There's no way that's the boat. But I didn't say anything. So we go to... We did this. Tour. Oh, you didn't want to be the questioning American um, in a dictator's country with a backpack full of cash? Actually, as I'm counting it, you know, actually, I found that smoking their cigars, I don't even smoke. I'm a fun guy to have on a Cuba trip. I don't smoke cigars and I know all the history and I fact check everything. Actually, that boat is uh, circa mm. 2009. Oh, senor, there's no way that boat could make it across that ocean. So here's a, here's a story I wanted to tell you. We, I can't believe, I also can't believe I haven't told you this story. So we went to the jungle. <laughs> love, Great. The, love the jungle. My skin, Great. Uh, just mosquito fodder is what my skin is. So we go to the jungle and we get picked up in a van. You just kind of have to trust everyone there, which the people in Cuba. That's unsettling. It's unsettling. I'm sure, I'm sure they're great, but that's you never want to be in a foreign country and have people be like, no, just get in. It's going to work out. Get in the van. I've seen movies. I know that's that's. there's a lot yeah. of terrible scenes in movies that start this exact way. Most of those scenes happen in vans, and the rest of those scenes happen in the jungle. So that's yeah. where we were going. And we get picked up. And it turns out all the people on the tour were Americans. So it was my wife and I, then these two young white dudes from the United States, from California, which matters, and then a, uh, a black family of six people, which also matters. So we get picked <laughs> up, and we drive four hours out into the jungle, and we're getting out of the van to start the, to go on horseback. 
through the jungle. Have you ever been on a horse? What's what's your relationship? You hate geese. What is your relationship with horses? I grew up on a I grew up on a property, a dog farm that also featured horses. Hmm. I've spent time on horses in my life. Yeah, uh, I have a huge issue with anyone who's really into horses. Oh. I think that's I never trust someone with horse art in their home. <laughs> Uh, but I've definitely never all my all my horse riding adventures have been on pretty flat land, not around trees with somebody going, come on, peanut butter, get moving. <laughs> None of this Cuban jungle horse adventure stuff. I've never done anything like that. Well, I have. And there were no dogs to be found. So we we get on the We're about to get on the horses. We're getting off the van and your cell phones don't work in Cuba. Like, you can't call them because also, like banks, telecommunications don't work there either. But I had my yeah. phone to take pictures. I'm getting off of the van, can't find my phone anywhere. And I knew I had it on the van, so I'm looking for it. And I would rather never have access to a phone ever again than inconvenience a group of people. Where I, it's it's my worst nightmare in the entire world. I can't be in imposition. I've gone to the doctor before for an issue and then not asked them about the issue because I didn't want to like give the doctor too much to do. That's that's the type of person that I am. So I'm soaked in sweat. Where I don't even I'm nervous. I, I can't find my phone. But also everybody's waiting for me to get off the van. I'm thinking, God, I'm one of these Americans with his phone. I go, No, you guys just go. You guys just go. And they go. We're getting on horses. We can't just, I go, I'm going to catch up. And they're like, you're not going to catch up. On the, you're just, we're not going to just leave you a horse that you, I couldn't get on. I don't know. The thing would run away. It would buck me. So yeah, just, hey, we're going to take off. Mm -hmm. You learn how to ride a horse and then find us in the Cuban jungle. Just look yeah. for horse tracks. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll catch up to you guys. I have no skills. Like, it's like, hey, Blake, you can't talk your way into the jungle, which is my, my main skill. So we, I give up. I'm like, I know the phone's somewhere. I'm blaming my wife. I, I'm like, you took it. Where did you put my phone? She's That's never, a great move. Thank you. I agree. totally support that move. And um, and I would say 4% of the time, it's I'm her surprised. Fault. Yeah. I'm surprised Jenna didn't lose it in that van. Well, she hacked into Cuba and somehow silenced my phone. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, totally. With a lot of the stuff that mm -hmm. goes on in this house, that checks out. I, I I totally agree with you. And these people, we need to do something about these wives because they keep misplacing things according. To, it's and, crazy. And then it turns out maybe it wasn't their fault. But we don't get it's, so. I'm not interested. No, in that. Not interested in that. We're not in the CIA. So I think the phone's nearby because I was wearing this old watch, one of these smart watches that has a meter on it that shows you if it's near your phone like via okay. bluetooth so if you're mm -hmm. if it's right next to your phone it goes green and if it, you're far away from the phone it goes down to red and then disconnects so i was like i will use which the watch sucks by the way the watch never works the watch is a piece of shit watch but i'm like this is all i have in this jungle so we get on the horses and we're walking into the jungle and i'm like oh god so we separate from the group. We the horses are like I, we make our horses go slower somehow. The group walks away, and my watch disconnects from the group. So I was like, and my wife was in the group. So I then wave my wife to come back. She comes back. My watch is still disconnected. So I think to myself, okay, I don't have my phone. 
Somehow my wife, even though through the trickery, magnets, mirrors, whatever she's doing, I guess it's not my wife's fault. Okay? Yep. We then get closer to the group. People are were dismounted off the horses. Now we're walking through the jungle. I now have this watch. I have to start walking up to people's bags to see if somebody stole my phone. Oh, no. I'm thinking, please, please, please let one of the white guys have my phone. Please be the California. Please be the yes. Californian whites. I walk up to the California whites. I think I'm being subtle. I'm having a panic attack. I go up to them. They don't have my phone. So I go, oh, no. Please let the Cuban tour guide have my phone. Please <laughs> let her have my phone. You know, like, because I'm going down the list. I don't want her to have it. Trust me. Again, California whites would be the ideal situation. Wife mm-hmm. would be even more ideal. None of the above. Cuban lady doesn't have the phone. So now oh. I'm waddling through the jungle, holding my watch up <laughs> to every member of a black family's bags, holding them up. And I get close to one of them. And the, it goes green on my watch no, meter, meaning no. she has my one phone. Of little, one of the little kids? No, a, the mom. There's no little kids. It's all grown ups. So it's a mom. No. It's, it's the mom's. So she's in her 50s. And I'm like, oh, no. I would prefer it to be a man. Like I, I would have been like, please let it be one of the men in the family, not a man. It's, it's one of the moms. She just turns around. She's also got a peg leg. <laughs> She's holding a UNICEF box, like collecting charity. Like it just gets worse and worse and worse. Um, so I'm like, I I turn to my wife and I go, "It's her. She has it." And my wife goes, "Exactly what you just said." Oh no! So we get to the first part of this. We we go to this hut in the jungle. It's these people. They used to own a bar there. The bar got outlawed by the Cuban government. So now she set up this speakeasy in the jungle serving these not margarita like pina coladas there so they're handing out pina colada it's the coolest thing in the world i can't appreciate any of it i'm not home there's no i'm not present you're gone i'm 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 gone and the tour guy was very sweet she goes like she saw my i'm having a panic attack and she goes oh did you find your phone i go no but it says it's somewhere in this hut and she goes oh and i'm like can can you guys and i had asked earlier I'm so sorry. Could everybody here, everybody, not just one person, not just one family, can everybody check their bags for the phone? And then they, no one was checking their bags. Obviously, I was being so annoying. And we're in the hut being served these pina coladas. And I go, can somebody, can, can you guys please just check your bags one more time? And no one's checking. I go, I'm sorry to do this. I'm sure someone accidentally picked it up. Maybe I dropped it. I'm going to have to, do you mind if I just walk around with my watch, which tells me if I'm near the phone real quick. And then the lady reaches into her bag, pulls out my phone. She goes, oops. And I go, thank you so much. So I go the other, the the direction of, oh my gosh, you found it. Thank you so much for finding, she's a hero. I'm treating her like a hero, even though she's a thief. So I'm like, thank you. She's immediately for me. I'm giving her all that California whites energy. Oh, I'm burning the jungle to the ground. (laughs) It's so what would, okay. After I I want to hear what you would have done. So you you keep going. Okay. So I'm, I go up, I go, thank you so much. She goes, oh, I found it on the ground. And I thought like of the van and I thought it was my daughter's phone 
who's like in her late 20s. She goes, so that, so I just held on to it. And I go, that makes sense. It doesn't. If I found my daughter's phone, I would just give her the phone back, especially, or even check it after Panic Boy in the corner keeps asking everybody if anyone's seen his phone. It's like, huh, I found a phone. Well, it must be my daughter's that I'm not going to get. No, she stole it. So I'm now, um, the pina coladas, they give you virgin pina coladas and then like pass around a bottle of Cuban rum. I feel, I overflowed that pina colada with rum because my heart was beating through my chest. I think I like literally got physically ill. And I want to give, here's yeah. the thing. I want to give a piece of context for Please. the audience here because you mentioned this. Um, this show, this is going to be a very different moment for our audience because a lot of what they hear on this program is a couple of lunatics yeah. who overreact to situations. And we have a whole term for it. It's called Chad in public. It's... <laughs> They, the person in your spot, you know, he does his best, but when pushed against a wall in this situation, you know, and, and I'm a maniac as well. So this is a very different energy. So I think it's important to point out to the people, mm -hmm. I've known you a very long time. You are a guy who I, I directed your special. Yes. And, yes. uh, I don't like talking. I, about <laughs> well, I'll tell you, no one has said thank you to another person you interrupted a thank you. You'd already thanked me 15, and there wasn't anything to thank. We just worked together on a cool project. Mm. But you'd thanked me no less than 15 times in a two-day period, and then you interrupted a thank you to like give me another thank you inside. It was like you were giving me Russian nesting thank yous. <laughs> you are so adverse to anyone feeling like you... Like, you don't like the attention of conflict. You mm -hmm. want everybody to know how happy you are, and you hate to impose on people. So where this audience is like, well, why don't you just spaz? That's what we're used to on this show. Right. Freak out. You spiral into a mess of, you know, self-doubt and self-hatred until you're, you know, pouring a comical pina colada after receiving your phone back exactly and thank you for uh, and also thank you so thank you so much for I that can't. summation and thank you for directing my special i should say that again but so and also the biggest thing to me was the race element obviously and the fact that i had to because if i'm wrong can Cy, i and can i Cy, interrupt if i'm you, wrong hey, if you're wrong it's a and here's what i'll let's talk about your special for a minute yes because i so when we filmed your special i was I, we did it i love it we did it with the great Anthony Leo mm -hmm. from 800 Pound Gorilla. And uh, I believe, uh, was Mike Cronin there? Was he a part of it? He I can't was, remember. Mike Cronin was the op was, was kind the enough opener. to open. Yeah. And thank him. Thank and, you for opening, Mike. No, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Anthony. People, for, on this, yeah. people on this program understand that Mike has done nothing except for try to tear this show down. Um, so um, the... We are setting up these cameras, and we mm -hmm. shot it over two nights. Mm -hmm. You did it at Go Bananas in Cincinnati, and we, we shot it over two nights. And um, people don't always notice discrepancies. Like, if we took, you know, if you, if you get two good shows, one on Friday, one on Saturday, you might want to mix and match a little bit of the footage. And people don't always notice, hey, there's different people in the crowd. But what you want to avoid is, like, hey... In the first show, there were a bunch of women in the crowd, in the front row. And in the second show, there's a tall, ridiculous man with a giant, shiny, bald head. Right. So when you cut between the two, people are going to be like, what the fuck is this? And so we had told the people at the door, hey, you know, uh, 
no one don't put anything noticeable. No one tall. No one's super mm-hmm. tall. No one's super overweight. No one with like a shiny bald head. And they were like, we got it. And then or a I went shiny around. dress or anything to your point, like big red shirt, yeah, d- ridiculous outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah somebody's you don't want to put somebody with a fucking top hat in the front row. <laughs> Correct. And so we're setting up on night two. You we essentially used your entire night one. Your night one was so great. We used almost nothing from the other shows. And, but on night two, I even though night one went great, I was like, I'd really like this to go great. So I have a lot of options here. Mm hmm. And I was running around checking cameras, doing everything I needed to do, talking with you. And they were seating people. And I came back and I looked at the main camera and back. And sitting in about the fourth row was a black dude with the biggest afro I've seen love. not on TV. A quest love and situation. With a, with a pick in it. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? That is very no. We're they're gonna see that they're gonna. That is a very different thing. And if he was also at the first show, this would not be an issue whatsoever. This would be totally great. It would We'd probably be, be very a plus. happy about it. Yeah. And so I, uh, I was like, this is gonna suck, but I just need to move these people. They're gonna feel singled out, mm-hmm. which sucks. Yeah. Uh, because they're in a room full of fucking white people. And, but it's a reasonable ask. And so I, I asked, you know, the people we were working with, I was like, where should I put them? And so the idea was to move them back a bunch of rows and put them on the right. And somebody's like, put them there. And I looked, it seemed right, but I was so nervous. I was in my own head and I went up I was like, Hey guys, I'm so sorry. We have to match the shots and the, your hair it's gonna not and it was a horrible thing but they were super cool about it i was like i'll buy you guys some drinks and some appetizers and then they moved but they didn't move to where i asked them to move they moved close to it and we're still in the fucking shot oh my god and so then everybody (laughs) was like hey can you go ask them to move again i was like they're gonna fucking think i can't do that but I was forced in, and it, so I understand what you're like. I understand that feeling when race is involved, the perception of like, because I did ask them to move and they just fucking peaced out. And forever, I'm just a racist piece of shit that was like, can't have black people in this shot. But that's, it's just not, it was just a horrible, horrible situation. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who are listening right now who are like, you guys are fucking, you're part of the problem. You're putting too much into this. It's just a fucking human being. Just go ask them. And I understand that, but I, it's more, I don't like, it, black, white, whatever. Like, I don't ever like anyone to feel singled out. And I think with societal norms and race and disability and gender, like, I, that's a hard thing to do. That's a hard thing in a fucking group full of white people in the jungle to be like, hey, Black lady, did you steal your phone? So I understand how some people might go, fuck it, grow up. But I, I do think it's horrible to make someone feel single out. And it's worse to accuse someone of stealing shit. Uh, I, I agree. It, it's the worst It's the worst version of it. And in general, by the way, am, are, are we part of the problem? Who the hell knows? Nobody knows. But I do think, also, thank God, you being a great director, I didn't know about this, uh, the Afro thing, until after that show was recorded. Everyone knows me the way you just described me, where if that happened, I would have said, oh, 
I will not record this special unless we give that couple $500,000 right now. Like, that's how insane I would have been. I would have been soaked through... Speaking of continuity issues, I would have walked onto the stage just drenched <laughs> in sweat, in, in, in racial relations-related uh, sweat. But back to the Cuba thing, it ended up... It, it turns out this woman was just a piece of shit in general. She tried to steal my yeah, phone. Her, of course she was. Her husband was awesome her daughter was aw- like everyone around her was incredible she was just a pig and her husband was a sweet he taught me i was about to say he taught my wife how to smoke a cigar he taught me how to smoke a cigar is what he did and we had these cuban cigars and he lit it for me where i felt almost swept off my feet <laughs> <laughs> where i was like oh okay you sure you want to marry this thief i'm around um but so here's here's how it ends is that we go to this family who they've lived in this valley that we were in in this jungle for centuries and you're going to visit their house we're going to visit their house so we stop by that pina colada place which i barely remember because i was amidst a 45 minute panic attack i'm now back on a horse literally and figuratively we get to this place these people cook us food massive compliment in that culture they cook us a massive feast. It's delicious. And then we find out that the matriarch of this indigenous family was a part of a... The word cult could be used. Love it. We don't, Love it. We don't use the word. It's a group. It was a part of a group, and they were called the Aquatics. And it was a group of people who... Now, in Cuba... It, like it, Israel's like this, where you're you need to serve the country in a way before you can go do whatever it is you're going to do. And in a communist country, you need to just serve the country. Period. So, but they were exempt from it. They were the one group exempt from service of the like communist Cuba. The Aquatics were the Aquatics. They lived up in the mountains, and their whole world was predicated upon the fact that their water that they drank had healing powers. And was a very special, magical water. I can't believe I never told you the story. So, they serve the water to us. Now, Sai, when you go to the Caribbean, the Caribbean, you might already know this, but if you don't, the fir- what is the first thing they tell you not to consume in a developing I, country? If you can, the, I the water is what I've heard. Sure, often. sure, 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 that's, sure, sure. That's the thing I'm prepared for on my. First venture to the Caribbean. When you go to the Caribbean, I would not drink the water. But they just went through this whole thing about how emotional and how they're tied to the water. And my wife and I brought these American fucking water bottles. Just these these filters that you could drink out of a stream in Chernobyl with and you'd be totally fine like we these industrial just a hundred dollar water bottles with these insane filters and we'd been using it the whole time they hand us the water just a similar issue i go oh boy do we uh their whole world is around this water do we just dump it in our filter and be like "Mm, this is really really good you know like oh your, your whole life is bullshit like that was essentially what we would be telling them and i looked at our tour guide and she goes nobody's ever gotten we, we've never heard of anyone getting sick from this water so i'm like that's good enough for me we drink the water and then 
we go outside and they're showing us their property and they go, that's where the water comes from right there. And I go, oh, really? Where those six donkeys are taking a shit right at the top of the water. So there were donkeys shitting. There was loose horses. There was fucking bugs just swimming in the water. I go, that's 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 the water we just drank. Okay. And I turn to my wife. I'm like, well, we have a four hour drive home. We're going to we're going to die. We're going to we're going to wind up dead. We get back to Havana, where we were staying, totally felt good. Get back to the United States. It was an amazing trip. Cuba was incredible. It was absolutely an incredible trip, minus the American trying to steal my phone. We go out to dinner for our anniversary night, had an amazing dinner, woke up the next day. I got so sick from the fucking water. I lost 15 pounds in two days from how sick oh. I got. And I looked great, but I was so sick. And it it was, I go, oh, maybe it was the cake that we ate for our dinner. Because I just drank the Cuba Kool-Aid. And by that, I mean a parasite-infested water. And my wife goes, Blake, it wasn't the cake. It was the water, the donkey water that we were drinking in the middle of the jungle. And I go, no, no. It's the donkey water from two days ago. That's why you're sick, man. That's why you're sick, man. I go, well, at least I have my phone. But yeah, no, it was, it was, I went from being Mr. Pro Cuba to I, uh, we should have killed Fidel with a explosive cigar, keep the blockade going. I should, we shouldn't legally be able to travel there. I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong that Americans can go there. So that's my official statement going forward. I support the people, but not the government or their water. Uh, I love you a whole bunch. Thank you very much for stepping in this week when, uh, when Chad couldn't be here. Uh, everybody, please go listen, listen. Well, they can listen to it now. The album's out. Uh, the special is called Daddy Long Legs. It's on YouTube. Blake, it's got over like a hundred thousand views. It's cruising, man. I'm real 120, proud of you. One twenty, and it's inside. Let me and just because I have and if you no thank let you, me, shut just because I haven't up. said it yet. The show thank you. is over. Thank you so shut much. Thank you, Sai. The fuck thank you. Up. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.